0: Welcome, Anatomy of Movie fans. Today on Anatomy, we talk about Peach Dragon, the remake, in 2016. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now,
1: here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie.
0: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Get your tissues, because there's going to be tears shed on this one. We have Ressa Serafini.
2: Hello, everyone.
0: We have Stephanie Wanger.
2: Good to be back with you. Hi.
0: And returning, once upon a time, she did Jungle Book, <laughs> Becca Brown. Hi. <laughs> and uh, I'm Phil Svitek. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. As always, if you're just joining us for the first time, this podcast is very spoiler-filled. So if you haven't seen the movie, pause, go see the movie, because it is a good movie, and then return to us. Um, but of course, we're doing, we're doing Pete's Dragon, the new remake of A Classic Tale. And as always, let's start with overall thoughts down there over with Marissa.
1: Um, you know what? I thoroughly enjoyed this film. It was sweet. It was sentimental. It was simple, which I liked. And obviously, we're probably going to make comparisons to the original 1977 version, which is like fun, fast-paced, musical Asking, But I was thoroughly enjoyed with the fact that this was just a simple family kind of movie. And like I was left with a good feeling at the end of it. It was a feel-good Disney movie. Yeah, I agree with that.
2: It was a complete Disney classic, in my mind, the way the story was structured, and it's obviously a remake of a 1970s film. I really enjoyed this movie, um, really kind of went through an emotional journey with the characters, um, but overall, uh, um, a really good cast and just an enjoyable mm-hmm.
3: film. Uh, I was a big fan of the musical when I was little, So, well, the musical version. Um, So, like, going into the movie, I wasn't sure how I'd like it without all the music and stuff, especially, uh, like, when I was little, I loved singing along to the song uh, Candle on the Water during the movie. (laughs) Um, But I overall, like, really enjoyed the story and probably teared up a couple times during the movie while watching it. Um, I thought it was a sweet story
0: go uh i I enjoyed this movie a lot um it was running time was pretty short however i felt uh, a couple things could have been uh, slightly more compressed however i do think it's part of um the charm in just sort of watching things happen naturally um and even though they might might linger a little bit more on screen i think part, part of that is why uh the heartstrings are easily pulled um, and I, I will give him kudos there. Um, it reminds me of movies like Homeward Bound, or even more uh, it, to compare it a little bit more, Free Willy. You know where friendship is is really made with with an animal, um, but you kind of have to say goodbye and, and release them into the wild. And so I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and you know, in kind of Disney's second sort of movie that The Jungle Book it reminded me of The Jungle Book and in in the way that that was well made but I do think the the child actor in this one is actually better
2: Mm -hmm. yeah I I agree I thought the cast was exceptionally strong in this like collectively I thought that that was one of the highlights was that they put together a cast that made sense and sometimes that's not the case Yeah, I
1: I agree with that. Oaks Fegli, I I believe, because we haven't really seen a lot from him being so kind of new and up-and-coming and and whatnot, but I felt that his range was deeper, and we felt deeper emotions in this film compared to Mowgli in Jungle Book.
0: Well, to me, it was just much more believable in the movements, like when when he returned to civilization, um, the way he moved about, uh you know believably because of the habits that he had developed much like you know tarzan and things like that you know he he had great sort of movement to it now some of it was just kind of camera work like obvious you know the most obvious to me was when he was on the bus obviously it wasn't uh he wasn't hanging on the bus because he never showed his feet um and whatnot but but you still got it
2: yeah mm-hmm. i think the chemistry also between yeah. him and bryce dallas howard was pretty exceptional. Like you really believed that relationship, or at least I did.
0: Natalie too. I yeah. you know yeah. I, I, yeah. That, you know obviously it's a whole family unit, but um, and whatnot. Uh, let's let's start at the beginning, the, sort of the development. Um, obviously, it's a as you guys had mentioned. The original is a nineteen seventy seven, more of a musical, um, and this one is not a musical, and and obviously and the the first one was in the nineteen hundreds. This one in some weird way it updates it where it's like oh, kind of almost like 1977.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think they were saying in the research that it was like supposed to be the 80s. Yeah.
0: And
2: which
1: it, but it Close did not it
2: certainly did not feel present day at no. all.
1: No, I agree. I mean even the house that they go to, if the interiors and the fact that they have still have a landline is definitely like an 80s kind and of film. film. Yeah. Yeah. The record player.
0: It, it, it just made it a lot more simple. Um, which I appreciate and, and, you know, the, I, I appreciate their idea to change a kind of couple of those things up, right? In, in the original, uh, he runs away because his parents are not the best, let's say. Uh, you know, 2016, maybe not the best message. So, you know, I don't know what's better or worse, killing off the parents or having them be abusive. But yeah,
1: it was just I mean, we know Disney's trope was always there is always one parent or both parents are always dead. And I'm like, oh, of course, they have to start the film off that way. And then when we see that sad shot, when he looks back and see the car on fire, like, oh, no, shoot. But uh, I mean, it's kind of it makes it more believable that he lost his parents yeah. and he was thrown into that circumstance of being in the force so that made a better understanding of why he's actually there. Yeah.
0: Otherwise, it would have reminded me too much of where the wild things are. Because yeah. he kind of takes off in that movie and then comes back. Um, and I don't think that would have worked this easily for this one.
2: I, it- I, I agree with you. I thought that... They also di- got into that story very, very quickly. Sometimes uh, with films, you're waiting 20 minutes to get to that car crash. Like you see his happy life before, and I think sometimes that's necessary. But in a story like this, you you got that he was happy, and it was like a scene and a half with his parents. It was not very much, and then we got yeah. a few flashbacks. But I I I liked that it jumped right in. That was an, a, something that I felt like they did cut time out of because I a lot of films would have had that, like, 10 or 15 minutes of, like, happy life before that car crash
0: happened. Yeah, and I, I appreciate it because, to me, the inciting incident is, it, it, you can consider it the car crash, but it's really when they finally, when they met, mm-hmm. when Pete and Elliot meet. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead, Becca.
3: And uh, the book comes into the storyline through the beginning scene with the car crash. The whole Elliot gets lost book.
0: It doesn't. And when I, pre- the, the, the motifs... In this movie, like there's so few things to sort of hold on to that the meaning that they have and how they're interpreted, right? How many times do we go back to that book and we interpret the word adventure, we interpret the word brave, um, and whatnot? And, and so I appreciate it for its simplicity in that respect,
1: yeah, yeah. And I also like the fact that we didn't get a lot of time with the parents, or the audience didn't spend that on screen time to bond with the parents and have us like them. Therefore, it made us more believable when we actually got Grace as a potential mothering yeah. figures. And we wanted to bond with her more than the actual parents. Yeah,
2: I agree with that. I also, going back to what Phil was saying, I wonder if young kids watching the film, and unfortunately I didn't have the opportunity to watch it with um, young family members, but uh, if like teaching those words or something that you... Yeah, that like come to life for young kids, like adventure and brave, and like what he exhibits all through the film, and and by showing that book, it's like encouraging kids to read and encouraging those kinds of attributes.
0: I, I, you know, I it certainly doesn't hurt
2: yeah, yeah. You know. I don't know that's what I, I kept thinking about I was like if I was a young kid I think I would want to go on more adventures after seeing this and like you know see what's out in the forest and get outside and I think those are really strong messages
1: yeah and me. I think in the original um, if I remember correctly that they bonded over a book as well yeah. in the yeah. cave there, there was a book involved
0: yeah, yeah. And, it, and it has most of the tropes in there um, so yeah Um and you know what? What I love about it is one of the biggest decisions that they made was to make the dragon have fur. But I think it was a smart play because it's, it just reminds you of an actual animal, mm-hmm. uh, more, pet more than an animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as as uh, David, the director, describes it, they didn't just want uh, like to, to have kind of a scaly dragon. That's too uh, too cold and Game of Thronesy. That's, that's not, bad. not you know you don't really hug. Yeah, yeah. You know. Like, snakes have scales. You don't mm-hmm. hug snakes. Snakes hug you and then kill you.
3: I feel like the dragon reminded me... Like, even though it's, like, green and humongous, it reminded me more of, like, a puppy dog because it had fur.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, for me, it made sense also in comparison to The Good Dinosaur. You needed something that was different from that. Because um, that was only, what, six months ago? Good mm-hmm. Dinosaur. Um, and look different. I feel like if you didn't have the hair, it would read very similarly at least on billboards and you don't want it to be scary so this is like a fun way of having it be familiar as you said like a dog or a household animal
1: yeah and david lowry the director also mentioned that um they wanted fur for practicality yes they wanted to look like a big giant pet but also like how would they survive in the winter how would elliot uh, i'm sorry um, how would pete survive being a kid in the winter it's like oh he had the fur from elliot so it's also practicality yeah,
0: in, in, in and I thought the one of the – like you said, the, the strength of this, even though it's – I mean, it's a $35 million budget, which to me is insane, um, especially when you look at a budget like The Jungle Book. Uh, but what they were able to accomplish – because the first chunk of that, right, so we talked about not spending time with the parents. Instead, they, they allot that time to Elliot and Pete. And we really build that and we see that they're day to day because it is a curious factor and you know while you can overlook it and just say oh it's movie magic he survived you really do get to see that side of it and he's eating mushrooms or whatever the case may be and, and they're out in the woods um so they give that practicality aspect of it which I enjoyed
1: absolutely yeah. um
0: wow well, uh <laughs> You know, also, before we kind of move on, I do want to talk, you know, I, I figured this is uh, as good a segue as any to talk about Blue Apron, which, uh, you know, Elliot, or Pete, I oh, keep calling him Elliot, thinking that it's the kid. No, it's... Because <laughs> Elliot, Elliot in, in uh, E.T. But, mm-hmm. no, it's Pete. Pete's got to eat, and uh, we as humans got to eat, too. And to me, honestly, one of the biggest decisions ever and every day is, like, thinking about what to cook, right? You always want to try something new and whatnot. Well, Blue Apron is a great solution for that. It's a food... System, uh, It's a subscription-based uh, program where they send you boxes of food to your, to your house um, with all the right ingredients. So, you know, oftentimes when you go shopping, you'll be like, okay, well, I want to make this, so I got to get a bunch of that. And you never – you always end up with too much or too little of something, and then you're either having to go to the store or it's a waste because it went rotten. So this Blue Apron, they send you a meal. You get exactly what you need. Um, and it 's it's they have over one hundred and fifty farms local farms that they pull from across the United States so you know it 's free range chicken pork is raised naturally beef is raised humanely it 's all it 's all very fresh and it's uh it 's delivered to your house um, and for less than ten dollars per person, you can have a delicious and healthy meal um, and it 's a great way to sort of write this movie 's all about bonding it 's sort of a great Way to bond that we've gotten away from, you know, when you cook together.
2: We totally use it for our girls' nights. Uh, We cook together and then watch bad TV. So super fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, some of the great meals in August that they're offering uh, spiced pork burgers with goat cheese, summer vegetable with uh, fairy tale eggplants and peppers and corn, chicken, tinga tacos with summer squash. Like, that's just chicken tinga tacos
1: (laughs) so fun it rolls off the tongue (laughs) sounds delicious
0: Um, so definitely a lot of great stuff Um, you know and I know uh, oftentimes we get scared of like oh home cooked meals I don't have time for this you have the time for this and it's really really healthy Um, there's tons of variety Uh, you can be as flexible with your uh, dietary needs as as much as you want so and it gives you a step by step guide so it's easy so uh, here's what we're offering by the way it's not only great Subscription, uh, but we're offering you guys a way to try it out. You get your first three meals for free with free shipping. All you have to do is go to blueapron.com/anatomy. So give them a try. Let us know what you guys think. That's blueapron.com/anatomy. It's just a better way to cook. If only uh, Pete had this in the woods. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, in his dreams. Well, he just needed a credit card, technically, <laughs> and he could have gotten
0: it delivered to the woods.
1: Yeah. But. been well He's free
0: food. Um. All right. Uh anything else like in terms of the writing, um, you know uh, and, and its changes, what, what else did you guys think that worked from the 77 version versus this one?
1: I mean, I, I touched upon it before, but like I like the fact that they took away the music, even though I'm a big fan of musicals, as you all know, but the fact that they took away the music and the um, the slap and whatnot, and they went more serious with this, yeah. and I felt it was a little bit way more believable. Um, and it was more of a family dynamic to the story aspect. Mm-hmm. I felt like uh, it gave the characters more of a chance to bond
3: and, ha- and have that chemistry that made us emotional <laughs> watching the movie.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think uh, this version really um, it told a tale, and it kind of focused on it was very character driven, um, mm-hmm. and you you felt an emotional attachment to the characters, which I don't always think is the case when you have. Musicals And musicals are so fun, and you get a different level of enjoyment. But if you really want to have, like, attachment to characters, sometimes it's best to have this kind of story. Yeah.
0: You know what was interesting? to um, uh, One of the fun things that came out of doing research for this movie was uh, sort of Disney's three rules, which is no cigarettes, um, no beheadings, and I don't know why I'm blanking on the third one, so if anyone wants to... I think
2: it's, like, beheadings, and then there was definitely a third... Um, like oh, mm. impale, impalement. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. You know, I'm racking my brain of where they would have put those in, but um, <laughs> at all. But what's fun is uh, you know we're kind of getting to the inside because I'm thinking, oh yeah, that makes sense. And a lot of Disney movies haven't really had that, especially in the last but, couple of years. Yeah, yeah
2: I feel like mm-hmm. you really don't need that. Like I like I I feel like most Disney films are okay
1: without that. Like I never feel like you know what's missing. <laughs> Well uh, but those are just such drastic violent
0: yeah. you know, yeah.
1: actions that kids shouldn't see that. Well yeah.
0: I, I bring that up because um with, with David Lowry, this is this is only his second movie, by the way, which is insane. Wow. Um, but you know, he's kind of now in the Disney family and they were the you know, in the development process it was you know, they've been talking about Pinocchio a lot. And uh, he didn't necessarily want to do Pinocchio because one of the great scenes in there involves cigarettes. Or the cigars, rather. Mm -hmm. Right? And so he was like, I'm not... I forget exactly how he said it, but I'm not creative enough to uh, come up with a different way to do it because that's one of my favorite scenes.
2: No, I think that that makes perfect sense. But what's also interesting is you think about what Disney now owns, which is Marvel and Star Wars and all these things. And it's really not so much their PG films that I think that's such a concern for. I think... You could all argue that you know I- ignoring those three things is pr- pretty okay in a PG film, yeah. but it's when you get into the PG thirteen films and that they're making and it's like no smoking. That that's interesting that they're they're going that way. It's good. It's it difficult. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't think. So. I mean, I-, I applaud them for doing it and taking an actual stance in that regard. But um, you know, you talk about it a- again. It's we assume that it's around the eighties, given the look and the- and-, and whatever else. Um it was still a period where a lot of people smoked and especially like mm-hmm. in the uh, the mining town that they were uh y- you could definitely see you know um the the need or wanting to portray it in that way but I'm glad they didn't necessarily have to go that route
2: I think that uh, the research and forgive me I don't have it in front of me but it it was like 78% of films before they decided that smoking shouldn't be in PG films were showing some level of smoking to young kids so I think that making that turn and having Disney be at the forefront of it is ultimately smart but I agree for historical relevance it's probably Mm -hmm. some smoking (laughs) would have happened Yeah.
0: yeah um also uh you know in terms of in terms of the look i i you know what anytime you want your movie to look good just go to new zealand i think oh, lord of the rings it's is so pretty that. It's so yeah. pretty because uh, that's that's where a lot of the woods and everything such else was shot in fact the mining town too everything was shot in new zealand mm-hmm.
3: such a perfect setting for the movie
0: um but getting back to this, what do you guys think the the biggest strengths of the Elliot? and Pete relationship were because if that didn't work right off the bat this movie no one's buying and you guys aren't crying
1: I like the fact that the bond was so strong because they were constantly looking out for each other I felt like in the first one it was always Pete being somewhat bossy
3: yeah
1: it was to Elliot and telling him like you have to do this and that and whatnot and Elliot was just like okay but I felt this one you can definitely there was a equal balance of Elliot's looking out for Pete um, when he's around like actual human beings for the first time in a long time and then even Pete, um, Pete was like don't hurt Elliot so there was a lot of protection going on between these two.
2: Yeah, I was definitely the crier out of this group. Um, And uh, I feel like, for me, it was when uh, Elliot, like put Pete in his little arm and, like, carried him away at the very beginning of the film. It was, like, had him, like, all, like, cradled up and, I think, flew away with him that I, um, I was, like, in. I was, like, this relationship works for me. Like, I, I want them to be friends forever, like, and then that sent me on an emotional journey through Pete's dragon.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say, like, when the, when Pete looked up at Elliot and was, like, are you gonna eat me? And he, and he, like, swooped down and... That yeah, sweet. was the sweetest moment ever, and I was into <laughs> yeah. from there.
0: It's interesting that, you know, because we see that first, and then we see Robert Redford's character kind of, you know, recounting a tale of it to the local kids. And mm-hmm. that did throw me for a loop because I was like, wait, what experience did he? Because I, I believe that he had an experience with a dragon. He wasn't making yeah. this stuff up. Um, but obviously the details he did make up. Um, and so I was, I, at that point in time, I was wondering, okay, wait, what, what actually happened to him, to right. Robert Redford's character?
2: Did you want a flashback to that? What, what would have helped that? Bring? No, it, 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 and it's
0: not, it's not that it was a bad thing, but at that point in time, I knew, I knew from a story perspective there had to be an evil person, and I was like, wait, are they gonna make Robert Redford the guy <laughs> that goes after <laughs> Pete's dragon?
1: <laughs> I like, he, he was kind of like the... The town crazy old Maurice guy, kind of guy. Yeah. Like, the one who always had the stories, but no one really believed. And then now that we, as the audience, you know, that whole dramatic irony, like, oh, we actually know that a dragon exists. We know he's actually legit and telling it story and people didn't believe him I was like yeah um he was believable because it felt like there are a lot of people in like small towns like that kind of area wouldn't know it's like I was, there's always that one guy you don't know who to believe
2: and I like that he became uh like an ally to Pete like he yeah. mm-hmm. was somebody who even if Pete's like this young boy who you might not believe um you had this older man, and they were, like, in each other's corner. They were like, we, we know this happened. We'll make everybody else believe us. And I think without that, the story wouldn't have been as great.
0: Yeah. I did think, uh, I did think that the way um, I, I thought Grace's character was eventually going to have to go against her father and be like, no, don't kill the dragon. Oh, it's, that
2: would have been
1: interesting. Uh, no. Although I'm, I'm glad but, that they didn't. I'm, yeah.
0: I'm so glad um, that they didn't go that route. And, uh, you know, in terms of the way he spoke about the magic uh I, I i really enjoyed it because there was that sense that was still left unexplained, and it was fine by okay. me every time so anytime someone loving touched uh Elliot, mm-hmm. you know he got a little bit greener mm-hmm. and there was that vibrancy to him um and so it very much spoke to that magic that he was talking about in 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 a different way in a non mystical way it's just love
2: yeah i i agree I also think that we saw throughout the film how um Uh, Pete survived because of Elliot but in a way Elliot was clearly surviving because of Pete because it was the green like he became greener I I interpreted the greener as happier in In some capacity, and and like I wondered if that was what they were showing was that that was like a codependent relationship it wasn't just one depending on the other
0: yeah because Elliot too much like the books that you know Elliot gets lost so Elliot was lost from his family just like Pete was and in some ways, you could see like he was almost like a defective dragon because he, he couldn't mm. breathe. You know, he could breathe fire, he couldn't do those things. He, there was times, <laughs> and he was, he was, was the injured. Best he couldn't fly
1: away
2: either. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. <laughs> yeah and no, i know i i just think that it shows that they were yeah together they were a unit and yeah. I, and that was something that i felt like really maintained throughout the entire film was that we saw them being a unit and he wanted to go back even when you would assume as a kid and you're like put in this home maybe you would want to stay there there's sheets there's like food there's all these things that you would want but he ultimately still wanted to go back and be with the dragon to with it.
0: Well, I thought I thought the age was really good because to that point, you know, he's only 10, and he, you know, to be four years old and separated from it, like, you, you don't, he knew how to form words, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have enough diction to really, like, formulate that smart. I mean, he's asking about, what's an imaginary friend? Um, and so, I thought it would, they played it really well in terms of the age and everything like that, uh, where it was so believable. And then he was more trained by Elliot. More so than human beings.
3: I'm glad they brought in uh, the character Natalie because I think uh, it helped show like where Pete should be compared to where he was in that sense.
1: I mean, yeah, it's good that we had a female, you know, person for Elliot to play off of. And I think... Pete. Or, I'm sorry, Pete. Goodness, uh, these names. That... For Pete to play off of, because it felt like, yes, because of Pete's already limited vocabulary and speech and just communication with the world, that we had Natalie in there to pretty much help interpret everything that Pete was saying.
0: She was like a guide to the real world.
1: Yeah. I think they also played
2: in a realistic way for being 10 years old. Oh, yeah. Because somebody, I was reading a review, they were like, oh, I wanted them to, like, hold hands or, like, and I was like, they're 10. Like, let them be. Like, this was a perfect, It's not a romantic relationship. It's not a romantic (laughs) relationship. It's about climbing trees and being together and, like, and I really appreciated that they kept it in that 10-year-old
0: world. That and they also do, like, you know, you could foresee if they grow up, I think it's very much like a brother-sister type of love. Mm. Yeah. And, because we've seen that in the Jungle Book. Like, here's 12-year-old Mowgli, whatever the hell he is, and, like, he returns to the village because he Likes, likes this girl. girl. <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> come on, people. You know, whereas, and I thought perhaps it was going that route of like, ooh, girl. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad he was just kind of more curious of like the family element of it.
3: Mm-hmm. I I thought it would take a romantic turn at first when she came in, which I was kind of worried about. But I liked that the innocence was kept. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, what about you? Know, we, we talked about a lot about Grace, and uh, again, I have I'm not fully familiar with the seventy seven version and obviously, because that he still had parents in that movie um it, it's a change of pace but but I like the analogy that she's kind of the protector of the woods, and therefore mm-hmm. Pete, and then what eventually she starts to realize is Elliot as well by default mm-hmm.
1: uh, I love Bryce Tylis hired I think she's a great actress in everything that she does, and um I believe she's like the equivalent of the Nora. Yes. Of yeah. the original film, who was the the mother nurturing um, character and whatnot, and Nora sang a lot in the original yeah. one. Um, but uh, I liked how she, you know, she came in and was that immediate person that we can already trust and know would always look out for Pete and Elliot, and like the one that kind of helped them get through yeah. the whole movie because I I felt like. You have Elliot, you have Pete, you have the uh, Meacham, and then you have the the brother, and it was just like, it, there's a lot of guys in this film, which isn't bad, but like we needed a strong female yes. lead in this film, too.
2: And she's becoming like a go-to for that with uh, Jurassic World, and like she really is holding up a lot of films where you're like, this is a heavy male cast, and she comes in and does a great job. Mm-hmm. Little power. Yeah.
0: No, I, I, I thought she did absolutely wonderful. And, um, you know, I, I loved I loved her scenes with uh, Robert Redford. I thought the two of them played really well. Um, especially, like, you know, it's a very quiet scene, but then he just, like, kind of punctuates it. You know, she's like, I know these woods, but, uh, like, the back of my hand, you know, I didn't miss the dragon. You missed that Pete. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I, I liked how the relationship between her and her father were kind of like the original movie- Uh, Where he, like, the father found out first about the dragon, and she didn't believe that the dragon was there. Part of the story.
0: Yeah, Um, and I I liked, in terms of the way they played the relationship, what I liked was, uh, I thought Pete was very realistic in the sense of wanting to go back to Elliot um, and therefore, it's not that he didn't trust Grace or like, like Grace. It's just he had to get out of there. And, and every two <laughs> seconds, he's off and running.
1: Right. It was also that Pete didn't know anybody else. So, like, Elliot was the only person he did know. So, go back to what you know. He was confused and
0: scared. Yeah. I he, that was a great action sequence. It was. Him running through the little town and just boom finally, boom. Finally
1: getting trapped. I was along. like, on they got him
0: um I, I thought he was a better climber than that. I was like, oh come on, kid. <laughs> okay. well, you that, made it this far. <laughs> I
1: mean a bunch of cars are chasing you, you're eventually gonna get caught. But well, well earlier we saw him like climb the big tree.
2: I did have that moment too. Like yeah, it was I like, was like, wait and then it was like a little can't climb that yeah. <laughs> but I mean they needed to have it end at some point and that seemed like as good a place to But that was. was a
1: great moment to have one of the first real bonding moments between Grace and Pete. So yeah. Pete finally has someone else to trust other than Elliot. Yeah,
0: Um, you know, the that was uh, also a very good moment when she explains to him about his family. You know, ironically, that I don't know for you guys, but out of all the sad moments, that moment wasn't as sad. And I'm not, I'm not saying that in a bad way, but I think they handled it with tender. Where uh, you know, because it would have been so easy to make the poor kid cry at that moment of like, "Hey, kid, your parents are dead." But it wasn't Mm -hmm. that, and it was you know as sad as it was, it was like she was offering hope.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think also going back to Marissa's point of that we didn't really know his family. We see his family much more as being uh, Pete and Elliot together. So for us, I think it it wouldn't have that emotional impact unless they really like went for it. And so Mm -hmm. I like that they kind of laid off because there weren't enough emotional moments.
1: Yeah. I did, I did like that reading moment, though, because I think some people might have felt sad that he didn't have a family. But w- while I was watching it, I was like, oh, this gives him hope because we know that this family is probably eventually going to become his family. Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, if you didn't know the plot, if you didn't know where this thing was headed in the first 15 minutes, I don't know what that <laughs> <Yeah>. for you. <laughs>
1: How can you not pick that up?
2: <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. it, it was definitely it's a, it's a Disney film. It's
0: very I a mean, comp- trailer. You know like,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, the compass is given. You know what I mean? Even, the, even down to the dragon of like, okay, we got the compass and the dragons live up north. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Eventually, he's gonna have to meet up with the dragons. <laughs> so, uh, but again, it's one of those things. Like, I don't mind. I don't mind knowing a movie as long as it's well crafted. And this was certainly well crafted.
2: Yeah, I think it's only frustrating when you're, like, checking your cell phone or your watch and you're like, how much longer does this go? Because that's when a movie's not well put together and you know the ending already and you're just like, get there. Where Mm -hmm. this, it felt like there was a whole arc and they really did put it together well, even though, yes, it was very clear what the ending was going to be, even though I wasn't familiar with
1: the original. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Yeah.
0: Well, uh, you know, Gavin, (laughs) good old Gavin the Hunter. Gavin. Um,
1: I, I like the... Shake my fist at him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good old Carl Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Um, I, I enjoyed him because I thought, I, I thought he did a good job and he was, even though he didn't necessarily have a redemption, I, I thought he played it very realistic and the fact that it tied in with the family and everything like that, um, and at the end I think he does have a slight turn when, when he sees, uh, Elliot save, you know, his brother. Um, and obviously Grace, he was like, oh, okay, you know what, I, I, I messed up. I shouldn't yeah. have tried to do it this way.
1: Yeah, I'm just a jerk trying to take out a dragon. <laughs> um, an innocent dragon, no less. Uh, Carl Urban, I think he was a good choice because he, he also replaced Michael C. Hall, yeah. who was originally supposed to be this character. I think he was a good choice because every character he plays is always like the gruff kind of person, but still has a lighter comedic side to him. And uh, I, don't, I don't know, he was just frustrated to watch because I couldn't find out his motivation why he was so gung-ho on trying to catch the dragon. Maybe it was because he was always in the shadow of his brother and everyone was always reporting to his brother, not Gavin and whatnot, but I'm, like, I'm trying to understand... Why you want the dragon so much? Is it for your own self pleasure? I thought it was like bragging rights. Brandon yeah, I thought rights. it was like
2: fame and notoriety. That's yeah. what I, or maybe money, but because he was like saying he would display it. I don't know. Yeah. it yeah. felt like fame and like notoriety. Like at being in the local paper was the end goal of that, which is a weird thing to think about. But, All yeah.
3: I know is that I, yeah, I think he did a fantastic job because me as a twenty three year old, I was scared of him the whole time, the entire movie. <laughs>
0: Well, you as a t- you're more of a ten year old.
3: No, nah. <laughs> why do I keep getting younger? I feel like in the last hour we've made you
1: progressively younger and younger. <laughs> hey, you're Elliot's age and Pete's, Pete's age. age. <laughs> and you're Pete's age. There you go. Yeah, Could
0: go be Elliot's age.
3: Play in go the buffet. woods now.
0: <laughs> um, I and I thought the one of the hardest scenes, even though it's not the most horrific scene I've ever seen, but when they're trying to capture. Elliot.
1: So neat.
0: Very neat. I I very well crafted together.
1: Yeah. yeah. It was a very well done scene. I was Wrong watching it. I was surprised it got super dark because, you know, they, they had ropes and it got somewhat violent. I was like, oh my God, it this did. is the most innocent dragon ever. Why are they hurting him? Like, well, no, don't.
2: <laughs> and I just wanted, yeah, I, like it was, it, at first it was like one dart and then you're like, okay, that's awful. And then it just kept getting worse and worse and it was like very hard to watch. As like if you love animals, I think it's very a very hard
1: scene to watch. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. Oh no. Uh, at least they were just tranquilizers. So, like, that's that's the one for one forgiving like yeah. grace thing. Yeah, and
1: I think that was also just the the correlation between just guns in general, even though they were tranks, but it, it got violent. Yeah, to me it it felt like a very violent scene, even yeah. though you're right, they were absolutely tranquilizers. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, and that, that's how they capture good, good old, good old Elliot. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Also destroying his home, some place you know he he's <laughs> home. It, he was, you know, well-secured and
2: protected. Yeah. That's something when they went back to the forest and they're like, well, we can't live here anymore. Yeah. Like, you
1: realize, <laughs> so sad. Another cry-worthy moment. Yeah. In and that, that was disappointing because it was, like, humans that caused that. I was, yeah. Like, it's our race that caused such destruction.
0: Let me ask you this. Um, as much as, like, I blame Pete for all of this. Now it turned out happy, luckily this time around. <laughs> <laughs> but listen to any film character. Stop bringing people to the damn woods.
1: That's true. Well, he's
2: no they'll destroy
0: it. your world.
2: I'm just gonna say he saw a little girl who was like his age. He was like,
3: oh. "Doesn't
0: matter. Humans are evil. Stay away from them." <laughs>
2: yeah, now we kind of <laughs> got a uh,
1: fern gully
3: going
2: on right girl. now. <laughs> lesson. That's the takeaway here. <laughs> and it was like such a sweet
3: moment though. It was Listen, ruined,
0: Mowgli messed it. it up too. He, he got. He went into the village. He brought the fire back. The, the yes. red flower. <laughs> like, stop going into the village. That's the lesson here. Humans
1: <laughs> destroy things.
2: Yeah. yeah. So sad to think about. Yeah, I mean,
0: Tarzan, same thing. He went back home and then he brought all the poachers. Like, stop.
2: I understand. Okay, (laughs) Bill is right.
0: (laughs) Yay, Yay, Bill! I'm just saying, when this kid later on grows up, he needs to have he needs to rethink his whole history and say, you know what? I'm also as happy as it turned out. I'm the cause of some of these things.
2: Well, I mean, yes, when you look at it you can you can blame him, but maybe he needed something out like even though it seemed that Pete and Elliot were everything, he obviously was curious about the world. I mean that's how I took it. Like that's why he was looking out. He was curious about the little girl.
1: Yeah, and he's ten. He's not gonna understand and be well aware of what could possibly happen to his home. Yeah. Yeah. He he probably had never had that human reaction with the adults at you know, being ten after six years of not knowing.
0: I don't yeah. care about his damn curiosity.
1: And he believed Grace's promise that like, nothing would happen,
3: too. And that was later on. Blind faith. So. But
2: you la- didn't find it emotional at all that he like his, his home was his destroyed. World. <laughs> yeah, his home was destroyed. That was, no, yeah, I, his I, home I, was destroyed.
0: I found it emotional, but nonetheless, I was like it's a your fault, yeah, kid. You All right. (laughs) I'm just saying, if I was Elliot, I'd look at him and be like, "Listen, we're still gonna be friends, but f (laughs) you."
1: Disney film. Don't say that to Elliot. Disney film. This is a family show. That's why I have to explain. I'm just, you know, I
0: I just want because too many. I don't want people walking away that everything's all hunky dory (laughs) when the kid had, you know, he was at fault. He had the
2: opportunity to hide and continue to be with his dragon. Speaking of which, did we understand the
1: invisibility factor of the dragon?
0: I mean, I understood it in terms of seeing it and that it worked.
1: uh, I I understood because peace dragon in the original can also be invisible. Yeah, it was in the first. Okay. But also, it just added to the fact that's how... Elliot remained hidden for so long cuz he could always hide from people. Right. I mean, I got
2: that. It was just interesting that like cuz at first I was like, "Oh, he's he can be invisible." And then I I realized like that was actually what they were after. I was like, "What's going on here?" I mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Cool.
0: Well, I, it, there's interesting because Pete does say like, "Hey, game. I can't, you know, I don't I can't be invisible." And that's when uh the decision is made of like, "Okay, let's, you know, you got to go be with humans and I got to figure out something else." Um and I, I obviously, I, I, it's uh, they set up really well because it ends up being the, the big sort of what thing that gets them out of trouble is uh, is there's Elliot and he's no one can see him yeah. in the end I in the, that and was then, then the car right or the truck rather
1: yeah I mean yeah. with the big open hatch it's like I immediately thought oh he's gonna fly out once they unleash him but no nope. I got tricked
2: yeah um, good that. What so? But it could. He could only stay invisible. It seemed like for a few minutes. He couldn't do it for really long periods of time because by the time they were on the truck, he was.
3: It ate
0: like, up his magic. And
2: stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm apparently looking for some realistic answers
1: to this, and I'm not going to get them here. Okay. Oh, the yeah. dragon who can become
0: invisible. Okay. That doesn't. Yeah, okay. okay listen, with that. <laughs> Robert Redford said, "There's magic." Okay. Yeah. So magic. That's it. Now, secondly, I mean, at that point. Once you see Robert Erford driving out the truck,
1: yeah.
0: at no point did Gavin think, the dragon's not on that truck. Yeah. You see, anytime you see a, 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 anything, a car, or, or certainly in this case a truck, go through your shed or whatever, yeah, you're like, something's up. Oh, look, they're stealing him.
2: Yeah. No, I, I get that. As, yes, I get that.
0: It's it. not like, oh, he's just going out on a nice drive. joyride. <laughs> <Sure>, right. <Ryan. laughs>
2: you never know. He just wanted to, like,
3: crash through everything, yeah. All
1: right, That's, that was my logical question. I'm glad they kept that element from the original. Though. Yeah.
3: yeah. It's, they kept things from the original, which
1: made me happy, so. Yeah, you because, know, kind of I, mean, I mean, even Elliot had a lot of interaction with the humans, too. Yeah. But we just couldn't see him the whole time. Yep. And even in the original, he's in the town square and whatnot, I and mean, everyone's, yeah. like, singing and dancing. Elliot's right
3: there, but no one can see Like him. his footprints in the original going through the wet cement and stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely. What, what did you guys think of uh, the father, Jack, Wes Bentley? I thought he originally was going to be the uh, evil guy, <laughs> because for some reason I don't trust people with beards. And I thought he was more menacing <laughs> than Carl Urban. <laughs>
1: coming from the guy who has stubble.
0: I was going to say... The difference between a stubble and a beard.
2: I was like, Marissa, are we
1: noticing something? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think Wes Bentley was fine. I don't think he really had a stand-up moment in this movie, though, other than helping Elliot and Pete along the way and becoming family.
2: Yeah, I wanted that, like, father-son moment from them, and we never really had that, like, We had them, like, reading all together, and we had, like, little glimpses of it, but we never got that full, like, father-son moment. But I thought he did a great job with the part he was given. It's just, like, we didn't quite get there.
3: No, I thought he... I agree with that, that he did a great job with uh, what he was given to play, and, I mean, we saw the moments with Natalie, like, sweet moments with Natalie, uh, but...
0: Well, it it was good Never. I thought he grounded it because remember when he runs onto the scene and and, and he sees the dragon, as heartbreaking as that was, it it does lighten the mood because he's like, wait, what is that? And so he's that character because I I do think we we need to be grounded in that way of like um, that this is still a real place and, and whatnot. And so by him being like, wow, what is that? It reminds you. That, oh wait not everyone knows about this dragon it's a nice reminder so then uh, when the sheriff comes later on he's like okay well what do you got in there yeah. open up the damn door in
1: some ways he's the voice of the audience yeah yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. voice so, of reason I think you don't trust him ways. because he
1: played Seneca Crane at Hunger Games and he had a very distinct beard in that movie there you go See, that's it <laughs> that's probably
3: it I thought he was really good looking in this movie
0: back at <laughs> your tent stop
1: stop <laughs> <laughs> <It's half and laughs> <drunk. laughs>
3: Sorry, <laughs> right. the truth.
0: Um, what other story moments do you guys want to talk about that um, that you guys enjoy?
1: I mean, we can talk about Oakes Fegley, Pete himself. Yeah. I think Let's he did a really great job for being a young, believable um, character who built a relationship with seemingly a big pet. But then also someone who is also lost and looking for a family. So I I think he played two different dynamics so well for being someone so young. And not
0: not again, I mean, it's a CGI character, so it's not like you're playing off of something in particular.
1: Yeah, and he's in...
2: He's in 95% of the scenes in this movie. Yeah. And to carry a movie like this at that age is is tough. That you want to like keep watching him. And I thought he did that very well. He showed a wide range of emotions. He did the things that you expect from adult actors and did it at a very young age.
3: Yeah, I mean, he made us cry successfully, so... He made me cry so much. <laughs> and his acting didn't seem forced at all to me. Yeah. Like, even the scenes with Elliot, it seemed believable and natural and like effortless for him
2: because playing off of cgi i would think would be a very difficult job like you're for that age yeah for that age I think any
0: age yeah Yeah. you just gotta make it you (laughs) know you gotta have the right eye movement um and this this partly could be for that reason but i thought it worked well where rather than just always constantly hanging on to elliot and like you know elliot's flying around and this and that like he'll save elliot or he'll save pete um, when he jumps off that cliff we know that and it's a nice uh, uh, kind of foreshadowing moment but at the same time Pete is it you know he's just kind of they're both running alongside each other and whatnot yeah. and, and they're both independent in that way just together and helping each other out so i I thought that was a good moment but partly because i do think that to make them interact more would have just been a nightmare yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: and you know going going back to you know filming with a cgi imaginary character uh oaks said in a lot of interviews and whatnot he was having so much fun during filming that uh the scenes where it was supposed to be emotional and he's like reaching out towards elliot and whatnot he was constantly laughing so he'd be messing (laughs) up takes during the most emotional serious moments but um, I thought that Darn. was fascinating. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, I mean, he's young. He's having fun. He probably hasn't worked with this on on a film at this level uh, yeah. for CGI. And and
0: most not. people haven't. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> a lot of people haven't. But you know, David Lauer, the the director, he also um, during the audition auditioning process for Oaks, they, apparently he had um, him like built up chairs. Like they gave him chairs and like go build something and like pretend like you're sneaking up on humans. And so he, the director studied, like, just his physical movements and how he would, like, move around in a somewhat forest act He's
0: getting recruited as the Navy SEALs, isn't he? <laughs>
1: Probably. <laughs> or he's just a ninja, so...
3: I think the kid's performance says a lot about the director, speaking of the director. Like, it says a lot about how the director is able to work with kids <laughs> that age mm-hmm. and make kids feel comfortable.
1: Yeah. Like, be- the believable moments yeah. of, of Pete. And also oaks had like a lot of um training before this movie that he did um a lot of physical training like rock climbing and all that
0: i think i think him and Mowgli should like go through the same courses and eventually (laughs) i i want like a nice fun disney competition who's better
1: Mm. who's braver Mowgli. Pete
2: in the jungle. I don't know. Pete versus Mowgli. <laughs> Pete versus Summer mm-hmm.
0: 2017.
1: That's
2: right. <laughs> I would see that movie.
1: I <laughs> think it might
3: take l-
2: a little longer than
0: 2017. True. It not have to be long. We can make it a, you know, 10-minute video. You sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could be a nice, it could be a great promo.
2: Yeah,
3: there you go. Jungle mm-hmm. Book 2. There you go. Problem solved. Jungle Book 2, guest starring Pete. <laughs> <laughs> um...
0: Yeah, spe- speaking of Elliot, um, obviously, uh, sort of, I, I like the bookend of it where they're talking, Robert Redford is kind of recapping of like, oh, I didn't have to talk about dragons anymore because the whole town was talking about dragons. But um, Pete was the one who knew about the dragon and, and then boom. Uh, it was nice reveal because you still think, like, wait, did Pete, did Elliot just really leave? And they saved it for the very, very end of all the dragons sort of taking off and you're like, Okay, it's a family. We're yeah.
1: good. Yeah. yeah. I loved that moment, though. At the end, I was like, "Ah, he found his family, too. He's happy. We're both Same. with families. I know. Yeah. Like, he got his family, Elliot got his. They're not alone anymore. And that's where the, all the feels hit me yes. at the
0: end. All the feels. All the feels. Hashtag all the feels.
1: Sentimental. <laughs> hashtag feels. Yeah. Hashtag emotional. I mean, you got hashtag emotional. Hashtag and at crying. the end, I got kind of choked up, too. I was like, oh, a uh, happy feeling.
2: No, it was it was sad. It was like halfway through the movie for me, and I was like, "Done."
1: Tears.
3: Yeah, no, it was one of those movies where I like s- half stayed through the credits just to like because I wanted to hear all the music going on at the end. But I also stayed through the credits because I was like an emotional wreck and didn't want to go outside. Yeah, I know. Was, it like,
1: was, no. See, that's when you gotta leave before you're an emotional wreck.
3: <laughs> no.
0: What? What did you get? I, I thought the score and the, the few song selections that they did have played really well.
1: I I Very agree. well chosen. It was consistent. So good. Um, I loved it because, you know, the first, what, 20, 30 minutes of the movie, it's really just Elliot and Pete all alone. Yeah. Now, not much dialogue going on, so there's a lot of music going on with their movements, and I think it was really good.
3: I thought it fit the setting very well.
2: And I thought that they use They have uh, a song by the Lumineers and and things like that. And I thought they used those in the right way. Sometimes in these kinds of films, you're like, oh, great, you have, like, whatever the hit song of the summer is, like, playing, like, Mm -hmm. all over it. And this felt like it actually fit the movie, and it it was, like, yeah, it fit right into what
0: they were doing. It still felt like... Like, I forgot for a moment that it was a new hit, versus, like, it felt like it was from the 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, especially with the Lumineers, they kind of have that nice... Folk
2: feel yeah I'm not sure if they wrote it for the film or if they
1: wrote it separately and then they used it in the film I'd have to do more research on that mm. um, I'm not sure about that either but I, I like that song at the end credits also but Daniel Hart the composer for this film he's also worked with David Lowry on Anthem Body Saints you know Lowry's first big movie and uh, the other movie <laughs> yeah pretty much and but they actually used a 96 piece orchestra and they f- they recorded it in London. Wow. And the, the cool thing was actually uh because Larry when he was first hired to write the movie and didn't know he was going to direct once he got um the, the directing position he really fought to have a uh, heart on this movie because like that's the only composer he really knew <laughs> choice. and but it, it was a bold choice because Disney didn't know who Daniel Hart or who Hart was and didn't know his music but you know they listened to like a short segment of his music and they're like yeah okay you can definitely um, compose the rest of the. I'm film. sure
0: his pitch was, "Hey, you want Hart in this movie? We got to have Hart compose this."
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Well, now his name is known. <laughs> to, to have the director fight for you to be on the movie—that's good. Yeah, and
0: I mean, it's still—it's—it's it's very rare to also still do orchestral. You know, yeah. we talk about it, but um, the fact that they actually—I mean, 96-piece um, orchestra—that's that, a big orchestra.
1: Huge. That's yeah. wonderful. Apparently, it took three months to compose the 74 minutes of music for this film. Wow! Yeah, and uh, he said that the themes are fairly neo-romantic for the orchestral
0: pieces. There you go. Interesting. Um, you know, one of the things uh, you know, overall, it's a 35. Well, it's a 65 million dollar budget, which um, certainly, from David Lowry's perspective, his last movie was four million dollars, so it's, it's a bit of a jump. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still feels. In the best of ways, like it feels like a great independent movie. You know, like when you, it it feels like that gem that you discover, um, and that you want to sort of share with your friends. I almost feel like is the way the way I would describe this movie.
2: Yeah, I, Uh, I felt like it was that Disney, like it's a classic storytelling that Disney does, and but it did have feelings of. Of exactly what you're saying. A little independent, a little different, but still the heart of it was clearly Disney to me.
1: Yeah, and it's not like this movie necessarily, necessarily like needs a sequel either because no. everyone, I felt, got their arcs and the stories were nicely wrapped. Yeah, I'm not sure what a sequel in this would be exactly. Natalie's yeah. Dragon.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Natalie wow. needs a friend.
2: <laughs> I do agree that it's something
3: you like leave the... Th- it's one of those movies where you leave the theater and you want to immediately go tell uh, all your friends to watch it because I watched it by myself last week and wanted to tell get everyone else that I need to watch it so that I could talk about it with them.
1: Yeah. well, That's why we I have anatomy of a movie. That's
0: right, you have online friends.
3: <laughs> that, no, that's why, like, after the movie I was, like, tweeting. I was, like, quoting the whole movie online. Mm. Basically, yeah, it was great.
0: Uh, very good. Well, um... Uh, <laughs> Why are you you laughing, Becca? (laughs) Because I'm Uh, very good. (laughs) You can't take a compliment? Um, So, (laughs) opening weekend, it made about $29.7 million, which uh, isn't bad. Not not Mm -hmm. bad at all.
1: No, it's pretty good for a, a Disney film, and especially this is also live-action, too, so... That,
0: I, it's not a well-known property. Like, you know, it's being compared to Cinderella and Jungle Book and, and a couple of the other ones, but it's, again, like, unlike... I mean, well-known. I would say, so... I, I, out of all of them, like, this isn't, you know, as much as maybe we've seen it and whatnot, but uh, Cinderella, I don't think you can go walk down the street without someone not knowing Cinderella.
2: I agree. Yeah, or right.
0: Jungle Book.
2: I also I was just in Disneyland over the weekend, and when you look at the properties of Disneyland, like there's the Jungle Book cruise, there's like all these things that have tied into no- those films, and obviously have become known. Even if you don't know the original, you've seen the amusement park ride, or you've gone, you've gotten a T-shirt, whatever. And I feel like there's not that level of like notoriety around this film.
3: I feel like there Man. should be. I feel like it's a little underrated, honestly.
1: Well, I feel like Cinderella and Jungle Book are way more mainstream. Yeah. And, like, we've had television shows that have the same characters. And whatnot. it's been way more recent than compared to Pete's Dragon, which is, like, about 40 years old now. Yeah. I,
0: don't think, uh, I, I do think that there's... I would put... Like, the BFG really reminds me of this movie. Like, as much as I say I, this movie kind of reminds me of Free Willy, to me, if, like, a more apples-to-apples comparison is the BFG... And those are sort of more movies, as we talked about. You gotta, for the first part of it, you're kind of experiencing, and then the plot kind of pick kicks in towards the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I would categorize this movie as the same.
2: I I agree, and I also think the good dinosaur is a fair comparison, and in, in a I lot of. I haven't
0: seen them. that one, so I can't. Yeah, um, but I'll believe you.
1: Okay, no, I believe it too, because I'll you, you spend like the first half of the movie introducing the characters and how they all, you know, bond with each other and relate with each other and then then you finally get, okay, this is what the whole story is, this is what they're doing. Absolutely, yeah.
2: It it's definitely also that companionship, it like companion with a animal. Like I, I see a lot of comparisons or an unknown creature in the BFG case. Building the relationships, yeah.
0: Well, the good news is uh, audiences and critics like it all like 87% on Rotten Tomatoes along with a cinema score. So that's
1: it's really high. Yeah. That's good. It's great. I mean, it's Disney too. So I think Disney's really good with having a full fleshed out family story that yeah. most people can enjoy no matter what demographic you are.
2: I also wonder if this movie will have a bit of an extended uh, stay in theaters, because you have kids going back to school, so maybe they missed it last week, but mm-hmm. they'll hit upon it in the next couple weeks. Like, I,
1: I imagine that this film will stick around for a minute. And it feels yeah. like a summer movie, too. You Because yeah, they're outside, the uh, all this is, like, happening outside, so it feels like a summer type of movie.
0: Yeah, therefore the kids that are going to school, they're like, ah, what <laughs> the, ah!
2: yeah, no, it's crazy that kids are back in school, but yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It's that time
1: of the year already. August.
0: Uh, so very good. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited for it to do well. Um, it's still picking up steam in other parts of the world, so I, I, think, I think it'll do well. As we've been talking, you know, there's not a lot of dialogue, and so it does play well internationally for that reason. Uh, Comedies, obviously, are the polar opposite of that, where, unless it's slapstick, you rely too much on, on, you know, comedy does not translate well. This does. I think it, it has, you know, $65 million, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to climb a lot to make its money back, so...
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I think they also did a good promotion for this film as well. Yeah. I've known about this movie for a long time. At least here, they did a good job promoting yeah. it. Well, um, also at D twenty three back in August yes. two thousand fifteen, Bryce Dallas Howard was actually there promoting this film, and she was talking about like how much she loved, was obsessed with this film growing up, and she at she jumped at the first opportunity that she knew this movie was making. You know what? If you're if you're
0: promoting. Um, anything with Bryce Dallas Howard, I think you can just literally, people should just redub her, and if she's promoting Jurassic World 2, they should take Pete's Dragon stuff and just put in the word Jurassic World 2, and Mm -hmm. then vice versa for Pete's Dragon, because (laughs) it's the same thing. You can literally apply it to both. Just change the title.
1: A lot of people say that, too, and she also jokes, too, in interviews, that she's like, yeah, I'm going from dinosaurs to dragons, back to dinosaurs, even I was getting confused. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> At least, no high heels in this one.
1: Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> no. impressive. On a side note, <laughs> very impressive. I think it's really good. And I think Bryce was definitely a great face for the movie, too, because she mm-hmm. herself was just a big Disney fan and, like, she had a personal connection to this film.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. She also has kids. So she, it's like a whole,
1: like, Come you can tell circle. she's good with fans. the kids yeah. on set. Coming yeah. for a full circle for her. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. And I like below the little, oh, you know how redheads are. Thanks, <laughs> Bill. Definitely... No, well, that was that was, that a, was cool. a line
1: in the movie. That was a line in the movie. I know. I know. Thanks, Bill. I know. Thanks. No. Don't worry, he has a beard.
0: Yeah. Well, according to the movie, people with beards are good. People without beards are not so good.
1: No, well, no. Okay. Well, then.
0: unless you're ten years old. Um, all right. Any <laughs> final thoughts before we wrap it up?
1: Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I probably would buy it on DVD when it comes out. It's Disney. I loved it. I really did. And it makes me want to go back and watch the original.
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I uh, didn't anticipate to cry as much as I did. <laughs> but I really liked it and I thought, again, what I keep coming back to is the cast was so strong in it and for me that's what made it work.
3: I actually didn't in- to-, to get emotional while watching it either but i did and i'm probably gonna go back to the theater and watch it before it leaves theaters a couple more times because it was so good
0: (laughs) there you go all right uh yeah i mean as for me i I think it's it's one of those great movies that um I, i think kids nowadays Um, you know um, unless they see the new one I think this will be the one that they kind of can revisit and and, you know they'll perhaps introduce this one to their kids as time goes by like that's that's the cool part about Disney is it has that uh, that life cycle if you will Um, and I, I think it has good rewatchability um, and I think even if you've cried the first time I think you'll still cry every single time <laughs> alright Phil. <laughs> thank
2: Probably you true now I'm the uh, redhead who cries I hear you. <laughs> hey we can go watch okay. it
3: together the second time and like go. be the ones we'll crying always, in the with the emotional Yeah, we'll <laughs> be like crying over popcorn you know what? there's nothing
0: I, listen that's stay that's, through the credits that's the success yeah. of the movie Yeah. you know that's what this whole thing you know it uses these devices to, to plug, plug out your heartstrings, and the fact <laughs> that it succeeded it's it's I, a testament to the movie. If
2: you make me rewatch it, I will make you watch it with me.
0: <laughs> Very good. All right. We have at Serafini TV. That's right. We have at Stephanie Wanger. Hi. Becca, what the, your hell?
1: <laughs> Becca B.
0: Talks TV. There you go. Becca B. Talks TV. Well, today she was talking movies. So thank you guys for joining us, as always. Um, we've got a whole slew of uh, movies coming up we've got war dogs next week we've got uh, what else is down the line? Kubo. kubo talk about another animated movie we're talking about that movie um we just recently did sausage party however completely different than this movie so <laughs> just warning <laughs> you um and so yeah we have a whole library of other stuff speaking of good dinosaur we did good, good dinosaur we did uh, inside out so we have done
1: jurassic world
0: that's right so definitely check out the archives of all of it Um, And, you know, keep tuning back in for movies that you've seen because we're definitely going to be talking about most of them, if not all of them. Uh, Let us know in the comment section what you guys thought, your favorite moments, anything of that nature, whatever we uh, didn't discuss. That's your chance to talk about it with us. Um, And until next time, bye.